Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. In the previous program, I was talking about Galatians chapter 3, where Paul explained very clearly that if you believe that you are to now live a life according to the law, if that's what you believe the Christian life is, that after you get saved, you now live your life according to the knowledge of good and evil, the law of sin and death, if that's what you believe, then you are being foolish. You might just very well be a fool. That's what he says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, where he says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? And the answer that they would probably give is, yeah, we're now going to be perfect in the flesh or we are going to perfect our flesh because maybe we have some new inspiration to live by. Maybe we expect that we are going to get greater rewards from God in heaven because we have become more perfect in our flesh through our pursuit of obedience to the law. And Paul says very clearly that this is just plain foolish. That's what it is. When he says obey the truth in verse 1, he didn't say obey the law. He said obey the truth, and he did that for a reason. And that's because, of course, if he says obey the law, well, they already tried that. They should know full well by now that they are not going to. But obey the truth? How can you obey the truth? It's very, very simple. The truth is revealed to you. And then you make your decisions. You live your life with the full acknowledgement that what has been revealed to you is true. On the basis of that truth, you live your life that way. If Christ is crucified, then that means that He has died on your behalf. He has fulfilled the demands and the expectations of the law. Do you believe that? If you believe that, then live your life showing that you believe that. If you continue to live your life trying to live it according to the law, then you don't believe that. You don't believe that he already dealt with that, that he already fulfilled that. You don't believe that. Obey the truth. Obey the truth in your daily experience as you live your life. Every moment of your life is an opportunity for you to reveal that you believe. You're going to continually be confronted with circumstances, with situations, with temptations. And when you are confronted with these problems of life, situations in life, challenges in life, temptations in life, when you are confronted with these things, then you respond to that situation according to the truth. Not according to the law, but according to the truth. The truth is that the sin issue between you and your God 
is over so that he could give to you everything that you need for life and godliness. And you must appropriate, you must take what has been given to you and you must use what has been given to you. How many situations will you be confronted with when somebody violates you, sins against you? Have you been forgiven? Have you received the forgiveness of God? Do you know what it is to be forgiven by God? Then you will also know what it means to forgive others with the forgiveness that you have received from your God. And you don't need a law to tell you to forgive others in that way. All you need is to obey the truth, be forgiven, and when you are forgiven, you will forgive others with what you have received. That is a natural result of resting in the forgiveness of sins, but unfortunately this usually takes some time. And when it comes to a new believer, as I explained in the previous program, when it comes to a new believer, it does take some time for a person to receive the inheritance that they have in Christ Jesus, to understand it, to comprehend it, to apply that to their own hearts personally, to allow that time to grow and work in their being, to transform them from the inside for a period of time to the extent where it can be manifested in their life in this way. It does take some time, and this time between salvation and maturity in Christ Jesus is a time of vulnerability. A person is vulnerable during this time, and and they can be tempted with the law. That's what they're tempted with. They're tempted with, well, let's just turn to the law. The law says this. God told us that this is the way that we are to live according to what's good or what's evil. Let's just do that until our heart is changed, because our heart definitely isn't changed. We need the law because our heart has not yet been changed. And during this time between being born again as a baby in Christ to becoming a mature adult believer in Christ Jesus, there is a period of vulnerability where a person can easily be tempted by the law. Now, as I continue to read in Galatians chapter 3, I believe that Paul gives an indication here that the Galatians who he is writing to are people who have had some significant exposure to the law. It's probable, it's reasonably probable, that many of the people who he expected to read this letter already had some experience in Judaism, already had some exposure to the Mosaic Law. They could very well have been converts to Judaism, Gentiles who believed in Moses, who believed in the living God. According to Moses, they lived according to the law. They were a part of the synagogue. Paul came to town and talked with them. He normally went into the synagogues first. Whenever he went into a new community, this would not be unusual. And I believe there's an indication that shows that at least some of the people who he expected to read this would have had some exposure to this. Because in verse 4, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 4, he says, Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? In verse 4, he says, Suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain. I personally believe that when he says suffered, that they have already experienced the suffering of the law through their failure to live according to the law, that they already know what that suffering is like, what that emptiness is like. What that life is like. What is that life like? If you haven't done this, maybe you should try it for a little while just so you can appreciate what I'm about to tell you. The life under the law is a life being separated from God. 
That's what it is. If you're sincere, if you're devoted, if you're true, it won't be very long before you believe that your God holds your sins against you. Some sins against you because there's going to be some that you still have not gotten under control. And because of that, your God will always be separated from you in your own mind or you will be separated from your God in your own mind, in your own mind. That is suffering. That is true suffering. It's not the suffering of sin. It's the suffering of being rejected by your God because you should be rejected. You are evil. You are sinful. You are not obedient. And so by all means, he should reject you. He should turn his back on you. Because you are not obedient to the law. This is why you must be obedient to the truth. The truth of the gospel. That Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified. He was crucified. The sin issue was over. And so on that basis, you will never be rejected by your God. You will always be accepted by your God. He will always love you. He will always relate to you, and share with you who he is. He will always be with you. There is no need for you to ever suffer in this way again if you will only believe the truth, obey the truth by believing the truth that is your obedience. When this takes place, when a person rests in the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, the acceptance of God, when an individual rests in his patience and his kindness and his goodness because they have been set free from the law, they can now begin to do that. When that takes place, miracles occur. Absolute miracles take place. We say no to sin because the needs of our hearts are fulfilled by our God. How many sins do people commit because they want others to accept them? If they will only rest in the acceptance of God, if they will only believe that he accepts them and not live suffering with this lie, it's a lie that people believe that God holds their sins against them. If they will only embrace that truth, they can rest in his acceptance. And when they are resting in his acceptance and their need for acceptance is met by their God personally, then the temptations to sin on the basis of acceptance is no longer a substantial temptation. It's easy for a person to say no to sin because God deals with the reasons why people commit sin. This is a miracle. It is an absolute miracle when a person says no to sin. It is a miracle of God. That is only one small example. There were other miracles that people experienced. This is well recorded throughout the scriptures. But when he says in verse 5, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you. And when he says supplies, I believe he's talking about not just the Holy Spirit, but everything that is contained within the Holy Spirit. Everything that is described through the Holy Spirit in the sense of the inheritance we have in Christ Jesus. Everything we need for life and godliness. He supplies the Spirit to us. The very Spirit that we lost in Adam. The very Spirit that we need in order to be recreated into a new creation. He who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? 
when you hear the truth and you respond to the truth, which is your obedience to the truth, and then He can do a work in your heart, when that happens and a miracle takes place, did He do that because the law had anything to do with that? Absolutely not. He does it because you trusted Him, because you believed Him, because you depend on Him. And it begins with His crucifixion. That's where it starts. What he says here in Galatians chapter 3 is only the beginning. This is where it begins. And in truth, there is no end. Continuing in verse 6, Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham was declared righteous because he believed. God spoke to him, he told him something, and he believed him. And so God said, you're right with me. As far as I'm concerned, you're right with me, not because of your obedience or your works, but only because you believed. In verse 7, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Now when he says this, he draws a line that divides the church. He divides the church because he says that those who are of faith and works, those are not the sons of Abraham. Only those who are of faith and faith only are the sons of Abraham. Now, I believe that our God can be trusted with regards to the decisions related to who will be in his kingdom or who will not be. But when Paul says this, he separates himself very, very well from those who were in Jerusalem, as I explained in previous programs. James taught that you are righteous by your faith and works. Paul says that you are only righteous by your faith and your faith only. And so by default, that also means that if you expect to be righteous by your faith and works, you are not a son of Abraham. You are not. Again, in verse 6, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Believe the testimony of Abraham. And also believe as Abraham believed. Abraham was a believing individual. That is true. But don't just be a believing individual as Abraham was a believing individual. Believe his testimony. Because we have this promise through his testimony. Believe Abraham and you will be blessed. What is it that you are to believe? You are to believe that you are righteous because you believe God. And what are you to believe that God has clearly said? You are to believe that the sin issue is over. Only then can you be blessed. Because if you don't believe that the sin issue is over, then you had better do something to get it over with. You're going to have to do something. Or you will never be blessed. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Nothing. And you know full well that there is nothing that you are ever going to be able to accomplish, do or not do, so that you may be blessed by God. And so on that basis, you will never 
ever be blessed. Ever. Until you embrace the truth that the sin issue is over through the crucifixion of the Messiah. So again, in verse 8, And the Scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, not by law, but by faith. You see, if if they could be justified, if they could be righteous by the law, then Jesus, again, didn't have to die. All they needed was the law. And the rabbis of the Pharisees had already provided them with that. They were already all over the Gentile world, sharing Moses. What do you think those synagogues were there for? They were there so that people could hear Moses. Hear what James said towards the end of Galatians chapter 15 when he said that if anyone wants to hear the truth of God, they can go to the synagogue where Moses is preached every Sabbath. So the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. What he means is is that God told Abraham that through him all the nations, or more specifically all the families of the earth, will be blessed, and they will be blessed through believing the truth of the Messiah. It is through believing the truth of the Messiah that you can be saved and you can be a child of God. And when you are a child of God, you can be the recipient of the inheritance that is rightfully yours as a child of God. And you will receive everything that you need, everything that you can make use of, everything that you can apply here in this world through The giving of the Holy Spirit of God that was lost in Adam, that is restored to you, which resurrects you from the dead. This is your salvation. The promise to Abraham that all the families of the earth would be blessed was fulfilled through the Lord Jesus. He is the fulfillment of the prophecy. Believe and trust in what he has accomplished and you will experience the miracles of God. In verse 10, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. You don't live by Christ. You don't live by faith when you have the law. The law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That's the goal. The goal is the restoration of the spirit of life. The obstacle that people are faced with is the law, the works of the law. You see, it's either the curse or the blessing. The cursings or the blessings, that's it. You are either going to be cursed by God or you are going to be blessed by God. If you are going to be blessed by God, it's going to have to be through some means other than the law because there is no way that you will ever be blessed through the law. It's not possible. He gave the law, he structured the law in such a way that it would not be possible for you to be blessed through the law unless you deceive yourself. 
You have to deceive yourself into believing that you are. And then you can live in this total fantasy that you're blessed, but in reality, you still are not. He will not bless anyone because you must do it all. Again, in verse 10, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. All things. Why does he say that? He says that because he's making a clear separation between himself and those who believe his gospel and the others who do not believe the same gospel, who don't, who believe that the law still has some role in our lives after we've been saved. It still has some purpose in our lives. Those who believe that are under a curse. They live under a curse. They will always be cursed and they will never be blessed. It will not happen. Not until they let go of the law. They must let it go. You must recognize that there is nothing there. Folks, I did this. I know what this is. I remember the day. I remember it well when I realized that my entire life was cursed. It was totally cursed. My God revealed the truth to me about the crucifixion and about the resurrection. And I did not believe. I didn't believe. I didn't believe because I recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, as the one who fulfilled the prophecies, sure. But I still devoted my life to the law. And because I devoted my life to the law, I believed that God held my sins against me. Now, I'm not saying this in order to justify sin or in order to encourage people to pursue sin. As I explained in a previous program, this is not about do we restrain the flesh or do we indulge the flesh. And the Christian life is somewhere in between the two, somewhere between indulgence and restraint. It's not. It's found somewhere entirely different. And I can remember when I spoke to my God in prayer and I told him, I said, I recognize that the life that is before me has nothing to do with obedience It has nothing to do with repentance, and it has nothing to do with the pursuit of sin and the indulgence of the flesh. I have no idea what it's about. I know it's not either one of those. It's something else, and I'm going to wait patiently until you show me what it is. Until you show me what it is, I'm going to live every day with an acknowledgement that it's not either one of those things. I will live my life. I will work. I will rest, I will do what I need to do, but until you show me how I'm supposed to live, that's the extent of how I'm going to live, that's it. I'm going to do nothing, absolutely nothing, and that's exactly what he needed me to do. He needed me to do nothing, nothing, so he could show me what he had done for me, so that he could give me peace and rest in my heart so that I could finally be loved by my God and accepted by my God. And a little bit at a time, he showed me, you see what happened here? Because of what happened here, this, this is the way things are between you and I now. This is the way things are. And over years, years, he showed me a little bit more and then a little bit more And a little bit more until I began to see the new life in Christ Jesus, which has nothing to do with the flesh, either the indulgence of it or the restraint of it. 
It has nothing to do with it at all. It has to do with the Spirit. It has to do with the restoration of the Spirit of God into humanity to make us into a new creation that is nothing like the old. It is something that is entirely new. When we are born again, we are born again into a new creation in Christ Jesus. A new creation. And our life is a new life. It is a completely different way of life that we now have in front of us. And this is the only life through which miracles, true miracles of God, will be manifested. The miracle of an individual not committing a sin because they don't want to, that, that's a miracle. The miracle of the living God showing us His heart. The miracle of the living God speaking to us to give us insight and understanding in the context of forgiveness, in the context of the new covenant, giving us understanding above and beyond the gospel itself, the implications of the gospel, what that means and how that can be applied in our life. The inheritance that we have received, His love that He has for us, the miracle of Him doing a work within us to change and transform us over a period of time into a different person, a completely different person. And then, the new miracles of allowing us to be participants in the continual creative works that He is involved in, allowing us to share the truth that has been revealed to us to others so that He can do a work in their hearts with us and through us and we through Him so that others might believe, be saved, be resurrected, be transformed and the miracles of God can be manifested within their lives as His kingdom continues to grow with continual miracles and continual life through the power of the life of God, His very being within His people. And I will continue with this in the next broadcast. You've been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80937. Or use the donation link on our website, livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,